Hello everyone, how are you? I'm on the road as you people are watching video. You can see that I'm in a different setting. And uh, welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host. And did you know that today is Tuesday? Yes, I'm saying two because it's 2-22-22. Can you imagine that? It's a day I'm sure everyone's playing the lottery. Well, if you are doing that, good luck. Um, we have a great guest today, and I kind of got her all jumbled up because I'm kind of jumbled up, and uh, she, I think I told her to be in studio in an hour, but she's going to be jumping in any minute. I may bring Bill in for a minute to help me out until then. Um, our blog this week is UFOs and High Strangeness in Argentina, and it's uh, this is an extra long blog uh, Charles did this week. A lot of really, do you remember, I don't know if, if you people follow the blogs and you follow the audio blogs on this channel. Um, it had to do with this woman that ended up like 60 miles away somehow. She doesn't know what happened. People are speculating, speculating that she was abducted, things like that. And, but there's a lot to that story. And Charles has been kind of investigating that just happened a, a few months ago, I believe down in Argentina. So another great blog on that. I want to thank everyone that helps supports the show. I do appreciate that. Next week, I'm going to be off the grid and uh, I'm going to be, I'm not even going to say where I'm going to be, but I'm not going to be available for the show. So we have a pre-recorded show that's going to go live with Kevin Randall and Albert Wayne. Albert, as you remember, had that amazing UFO sighting on the I-95 corridor. And he's had a lot of different things happen, really bizarre things happen. With his family, we talk about that as well and elaborate a little more on that specific case. And I think that is about it. I do want to thank everyone that supports the show, everyone that participates and watches the show uh, live or listens to, to it as a podcast. I will tell you, I have, I'm way behind on email. I had a, a business deadline I had to finish, but I shouldn't have any excuses. I'm just really behind an email. I always caution people, if you listen to the show and you want to send me an email, it's better to do it piecemeal, like the one or two paragraph emails. I can read those fine. But when I get the five pagers, it's uh, I, I just don't have time to do that. And uh, I've been getting a lot of email each and every day. So on this about the show about UFO sightings. And by the way, I do have on my website, podcastufo.com. I have a uh, anonymous posting a form. If you have a UFO sighting, I do. If you had a UFO sighting, I do encourage you to fill out that form and you have the choice to remain anonymous or not. You can put your information in there if you want to. But also, um, I always encourage people to report to MUFON and to Peter Davenport's site, uh, NICAP, uh, NARC. I always forget the name of that one. But anyway, uh, Two great places to report your UFO sightings. And if you want it investigated, MUFON is a place. The Mutual UFO Network is a place to uh, report it there. So for now, I'm going to bring my buddy Bill in to chat. Jane will be in in a little while. Bill, thanks for filling in as always. When Good you afternoon. When you, said, when you said you were going to be at another location, I said, well, he can't be on the boat, can he? My boat, no, not this time of year. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. figured that you were on the boat. Yeah, no, 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 too cold. It was uh, when I left New England 
was it yesterday? Two days ago, it was something like 10 degrees. I don't think it's, that's not good boating weather yet. But but anyway, uh, Bill, hey, why don't you talk a little bit? You're, you're really involved in the pine bush thing that happened last year. I was out there, uh, had a great time. And you, you have, it's coming up. And I know it's in June. June seems like far away, but June 3rd. June 3rd. And who's going to be there this year? Do you know any any details yet? Uh, I'm working on quite a bit. I can't discuss it because it's not publicized yet on the officially. Yeah. But a, a few big names. Lee Spiegel will be there. I can confirm that. Cheryl Good. Costa. Yep. Uh, Mark D'Antonio. Yep. Bob Spearing of MUFON. Who's, who's Bob? He's the international uh, director, I believe, of MUFON. Oh, really? Oh, how and about you're, that? You're going to come hang out, but I just want to let everybody yeah. know that's watching and listening right now. Martin was there for the costume ball. And we were all hanging out. Yeah. And Martin got out there and he was dancing the storm, folks. I got more comments about that. Well, I was doing the John Travolta thing, I guess. I was mm-hmm. like, look at him go. Out. <laughs> I know. Some young girl said, boy, you can dance. I couldn't believe it. I was pretty embarrassed. But anyway. So this year, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to have it on Friday, June 3rd. And we should have six to seven speakers, presenters doing there. Yep. Uh, So last year was on a Saturday, right? The speakers were on a Saturday. This year, it's going to be in the Friday. Friday during the day or at nighttime? Evening. Evening. I would say doors will open approximately 530. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill, our guest is waiting in the wings. So thank you very much for filling in. Have a great time. All right. Thank you. Jane, welcome to the show. I finally made it. I'm so sorry I'm late. No, no. It was totally my fault. I I totally messed up on the time. And I'm so lucky you were available. And I do. I do. As soon as you said that I told you 550 Texas time, I said, oh, yeah, I remember typing that. (laughs) So, well, yeah. I, I should. I'm. I'm also the worst with time zones as well. So I should have. I should have double checked with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I'm glad. I, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be here. So. I know you were on yeah. quite a while ago. I want to say three or four years ago or something yeah, like that. It's been some time. I think it was yeah. actually before the New York Times article came out, and so or much right of, around there or something. Yeah. yeah. Everything's mm-hmm. changed so much, and I happened to be on. Um, Lou, uh, Lou's show, the unidentified celebrity review, um, and you were on it, and I thought, hey, that'd be great to have you back on again. So, yeah, here we it's are. so fun to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you do a YouTube channel where you you kind of more or less focus on UFOs in Texas, and how does that rate as far as you know the reports go in the country? You know how like California is usually number one. Do you know? Have you ever looked into that? I used to know more about how Texas compared to the country in the world years ago. But in this recent year, I've really decided to laser focus on sightings here in Texas. I'd actually hope to launch something by now uh, in February, but it should be coming soon where people can see see more in-depth reports than what I'm able to feature on YouTube or the website because I know there's a real craving or, you know, where's the data? Where's, yeah. you know? Uh, so I would say I've kind of been enjoyably ignorant of, <laughs> of a lot of what's going on in California and 
New York and you know, I used to love tracking UFOs in Japan and all that. I will say it's super darned active here. Incredibly active. I would say lately it's been it's actually been difficult for me to keep up with. So I would suspect Texas rates right up there with California. And maybe that has to do with just sheer population numbers, the amount of people that are looking up at the sky to report things. It could be that you're just as likely to see something in Texas as you are Arkansas or Ohio or, or anywhere. I don't know that I found a great trend in all my years of reporting of, you know, where you're more likely, most likely to see a UFO. Well, for one thing, if you think about, you know, the, the, um, I had heard, I had a friend that did a report, um, you know, years ago in high school and that he figured that he could, that every single person in the world could fit in the state of Texas and have six people or eight people per acre or something ridiculous like that. I mean, it's such a landmass with, um, you know, with not a huge population, but you also have better weather than we do up in the Northeast. You have outdoor activity more mm-hmm. of the time. And that that's one of the reasons besides California's 20 million people. I think one of the reasons that there are so many sightings there in particular is because of the weather. You know, there's a lot right. of really nice, nice weather as in Texas, um, you know, not not quite as nice, but pretty, pretty nice most of the year there. Um, so as far as numbers go, I know that every year they post, you know, where something rates, you know, in the scope of things as far as the states go in the sightings. I'm talking about MUFON in particular. Is there a good MUFON uh, group there, a state, state-run group? Yeah, so... There's a good MUFON San Antonio group that I'm well familiar with and have spoken with. And, you know, I know Ken who runs that group there, or at least, or at least recently did. Uh, and I'm sure they have a really great one in Austin. So I would imagine all the big cities here have pretty strong meetups, Houston, Dallas, I'm, I'm guessing, though don't quote me. So yeah, MUFON's Pretty, I mean, there are MUFONs where I see most of the reports here in Texas. So that's where people mm-hmm. file uh, their testimony when they see something that's most likely where they're going to go. Uh, well, there's of all the different outlets, I would say overall, though, most reports are ending up outside of MUFON or yeah. nowhere, right? So, but it's just all, it's a hodgepodge, right? Between Twitter or New Fork, or YouTube, or, and then people do email me and, and message me with their reports as well. So yeah, yeah I would say MUFON's very strong. It's, uh, it's a huge resource, and there's some incredible testimonies and photos and videos that get submitted there regularly, right. every single week. And when, when I was doing my monologue before you were in the green room, so to speak, I had mentioned uh, the two different places to report UFOs, and I forgot New Forks. Yeah, what a great one. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the one I was trying to to think of there. Peter yeah. Davenport's behind the wheel on that. And what a dedicated man he is. He's been at that so long. Yeah, so. it's a great, great database. So yeah, you can spend you can spend a lot of time just searching through New Fork and coming across all kinds of um amazing sightings you just never knew. You never knew occurred. They're just right. you know, out there, out there in the ether. <laughs> yes. Now what about um I would say 
Um, when I think about Texas UFO cases in the past, you know, you think of the, is it the Marfa lights? Mm -hmm. You think of, um, I'm trying to remember the exact one where it went at the Bush Ranch. I mean, I'm talking about historical ones. Stephenville lights. Yes. The 2008 Stephenville lights. Yeah. That was a huge, important case. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. With radar evidence. And it, indeed, it was headed toward Crawford Ranch was the trajectory it was on. So who knows what it was up to? Or <laughs> Yeah. So do you have the do you also look into the details of historic sightings yeah. here? Oh, oh so yeah. let's talk a little bit about that one, because that one to me was really exciting. I mean, there were there were fighter jets involved in everything. So here's the problem with the Stephenville lights in particular it is increasingly hard to research that case. It used to be much easier to go. Um, you can go find, I, uh, I don't, you can go find the radar reports or summaries, I believe online still and some photos, but that, that case I feel like I get such major heebie-jeebie cover-up of men in black pipes with that case. It is so hard to research. People still see things in that area today that are kind of similar. And and what's interesting is, yes, there were the V-shaped lights or the lights forming a V-shaped, hard to say if they were connected or not. But there were also sightings of just flashing orbs of light that were really weird that people still see today. And I don't really know what to make of it. I think the, uh, where it was headed toward Crawford ranch, definitely. I I feel like there must be some secret file somewhere where we could learn more. Uh, I probably need to do, you know, a fresh FOIA, <laughs> FOIA request mm-hmm. on the Stephenville lights of, of all the really you know, famous cases here in Texas. That's the one that's been the most elusive to me as a researcher and trying to, to pin it down. Um, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, yeah. Um, but in the ones that there people are stating they're seeing now, do you happen to know if there's any radar data with that as well? So Stephenville was really unique here in Texas. I'm trying to think, I mean, of course, I I guess, you know, there could be classified radar evidence of yeah. any number of, of these, you know, amazing sightings that have happened over the years is what I would theorize. I'm having trouble thinking of any other Texas cases where you could actually go, go investigate the radar evidence. But yeah, I mean, I, that's what makes me think it, it must be somewhere or, you know, was somewhere at some point the there's some been some really amazing historic cases where it it appears that maybe even our government or military was aware of of these sightings so it's entirely possible that they were tracking them um this started in actually the 1950s here in texas there were a wave of saucer sightings i've have some recent youtube videos and articles that covered this so people think, you know, 1947 flying saucer was really a weather balloon, you know, and that's it. And actually, there were so many saucer sightings in Texas in the 50s that actually in Waco, Texas, there used to be an Air Force base. They actually installed towers around there to specifically 
detect flying saucers and to capture those, capture evidence of those. You know, so I, I haven't, I don't know where those files are. I don't know if they ever, you know, captured any evidence, right? But we do have a newspaper article and an eyewitness that also uh, reported to me who uh, worked in the military and, and knew about those towers. And the other, uh, another case that comes to mind where I think the government military was aware of the UFO was the Cash Landrum incident in 1980, which was oh, in yes. East Texas, right? And helicopters, mm -hmm. you know, purportedly swarmed that object. So could, could there be some secret, you know, radar evidence, secret photos or videos of some of these craft? It's, you know, I, I tend to think maybe... Yeah, yeah. Um, I I had um, Colby Landrum on this show oh, before, wow. and uh, and I've had several you know, over the years. I've had um, a number of, well, three or four total of like um, video, you know, filmmakers trying to get a hold of him through me, <laughs> um, and I'm still in touch with him. And I'm thinking about asking him back on because it's just. I, I personally think, and Michael Schratt kind of alludes to the fact that it might have been an experimental American, you know, uh, craft that, and but it may have been using some type of nuclear technology for propulsion mm -hmm. or something for them to get all to get the burns. But I think I think I want to get him back on again because yeah, it's I such mean, an interesting it, case in general. Oh, it's it's hugely fascinating, and well, I mean, you could even say that Vicky and Becky Landrum, the, the two you know, adult women that encountered the UFO, that they also even could, I don't know that they subscribed to that theory, but they did sue the government. They, right. they claimed the government yeah. knew about this craft. So, and they lost that lawsuit, but I always, I've brought this up a few times. I wonder in today's climate in 2022 with these two new UFO offices and this new dedication to studying anomalous effects on human witnesses, if that, you know, what would happen if something like that occurred today, you know, in 2022, it'd be more likely or less likely to be covered up now that we have all this, you know, national attention and uh, dedicate efforts to yeah. study it. So you bring up a very good point um, because I think now the topic you know, it's almost like I say this on a weekly basis. The topic is not so bad at this point. People are open to talking about it without worrying about ridicule. I do have, you know, someone I had scheduled for the show um, coming up in another month or so that wanted to remain anonymous and without any pictures. And I said, I'm sorry. You know, there's no real need to do that at this point. You know, and this person is not purporting to have a high level job or anything, you know, for the government or anything like that to be worried about. So I don't really understand that the stigma is getting less and less as we go along. And along those lines, do you think that's probably the reason there's a lot more sightings in Texas being reported is because more people are curious or looking up or, or maybe reporting when they normally wouldn't report in the past? So it's questionable if sightings are up. I think, you know, if you look at like, let's say the last decade, you probably see, you know, an, it, you wouldn't see this direct, you know, increase in sightings. And there there are UFO flaps. There are waves of sightings. Yes. I, I do think the quantity of reports does correlate 
to actual UFO sightings. And I don't think it always correlates to, oh, it's in the news or people are looking up. So I think that's what probably your your graph line would, would work on. And like I said, I hope to launch something more <laughs> by this point, because I really, I like numbers and I like to be really precise with them and not necessarily assume. I, I, I don't feel like reports are necessarily increasing right now in Texas. I would say it actually appears to me that if they are visiting, that they were much more obvious back in the day. Um, huh. And it was easier to get a photo of them. And when people did have abduction experience, there seemed to be more trace physical evidence or, you know, other eyewitnesses to back it up, like the 1970s Travis Walton abduction, you know, for example. So I actually feel like as time has gone on, they have become more elusive and I don't know that the photos or videos are quite as good actually as they used to be. Um, but yes, people are, but people are, I mean, look, people are saying things all the time. You're maybe, I maybe, you know, sightings of Chinese lanterns are increasing right now because, you know, more people are out and about, but as far as those quality reports, I don't know that I'm seeing an increase here in Texas so much. It's just a trend, you know, that's been, persistent for quite quite a while. Um, yeah, I remember summers ago, uh, really um, noticeable triangle waves where there was definitely, you know, something going through the state. And I don't know that I've had, you know, there's been a big wave like that recently. People are definitely reporting. I would, I would say uh, it's more the language that people are using to report and the more their interpretation of it. So, I didn't get reports of Tic Tac UFOs <laughs> before mm -hmm. the New York Times story, but they were seen before. People, you know, people were seeing cylindrical objects hovering in the sky, you know, doing weird things before the the Navy videos were launched. I think it has more to do with like the language and the awareness and the interpretation around the experience. Um, at least here in Texas, with you know my my limited lens, definitely can't speak to. All of reality. <laughs> yeah. here's, a, here's a question up here. And, and by the way, I, thank you, Dave, for being in the chat room. Dave helps out. Dave Altman, thank you. Um, it's always a good idea to put your questions in caps so I don't miss them. But what about, um, here's a question. You know, when was the last abduction case that you know about? Is that something that is as prevalent in Texas as it is other part people reporting that in other parts of the country? So I don't know what it is about the people who report things to me or the sources that I look for UFO reports, but I really tend to get the nuts and bolts types of reports, you know, where people are like, I'm not crazy, you know, but I saw something weird in the sky. You know, I don't even believe in aliens, but I saw this yeah. uh, star-like object. So that is really what is what I am mostly focused on. That said, there are other researchers here in Texas and alongside me that seem to only, it's, it's like that's the bulk of what they're getting or just experiences and um, abduction accounts and things like that. And, and I do get that. It is definitely rare. It is not as common as uh, just seeing a weird circular light or, or lights forming a triangle or something like that. It's not as common as actually just looking at a MUFON report where somebody was um, 
claiming to have had experiences with the reptilian. And this apparently just happened, you know, in Texas, right? Or it was just reported. I haven't, have not uh, vetted that. The problem with those accounts, and again, this is, this is why I say this might be a self, self-fulfilling prophecy on my end, is when uh, I do see those abduction reports and accounts, um, often the person's not directly coming to me, so I have trouble verifying further. So I'll see it, you know, on outlets like MUFON and things like that. And those testimonies are just, they're so extraordinary. There's so many claims made in them. And, you know, there's never any photo or videos attached. There's never any elements within the report that I can, or details within the report that I can then verify or use to verify it. Uh, You know, like maybe fellow eyewitnesses that also saw something in the area at that time, you know, whatever I can to bring some credibility to the account, right? So just often it, it is very much an experience or a testimony in the true sense of the word. And that's not to say that they're not telling the truth and um, that that's not exactly what happened and that that might be the most important thing that's going on right now beyond triangles and orbs. But for me as a researcher, I do not just post those testimonies. Uh I have to, I have to have some, you know, every once in a while I will share something that I I think is good, good to provoke thoughts, you know, and I can do a lot of disclaimers about it because it does have to be represented, represented and, all we really care about are the, <laughs> are the actual aliens, right? So I'm just as fascinated. Um, so I think it might be somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy and that I don't necessarily highlight those accounts very often. So I don't get those accounts as often. And I, I tend to stick to more the nuts and bolts, the saucers, the triangles yep. and, and the orbs and things like that. Well, here's one other question kind of off the UFO itself topic. Uh, but I think of Texas, this person asked, I think of Texas as, you know, all, there's a lot of longhorn. There's a lot of cattle. What about um, cattle mutilations? Have you ever heard, do you ever hear stories about that going on there? Yeah. That's another one that people do not get in direct contact with me. You know, like yeah. that, thing, you know, and a great alien has, I've not you know, touched a gray alien. I haven't seen a body you know, in this whole 10 years. You know, I haven't seen, you know, a compelling, you know, crop circle or, you know, cattle mutilation site in person. Personally, I, I feel like, again, kind of like we're talking about the Stephenville lights. I feel like the cattle mutilation topic is one of the most like heebie-jeebie cover up men in black topics out there. And I would suspect that those are going to sheriffs and uh remaining in that bucket uh most of the time because you know i don't i don't really see those reports it could be that it's not happening as often as it used to i mean i know there was in the 70s there was a huge trend of that and i'll have to say it was um there was a lot of research done that linked that to humans uh doing you know really disturbing, you know, satanic rituals and things like that. So we have some magazine articles here and I have a lot of old files and old magazines that I go through here at the house. Uh, so, but yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. nobody's writing to me about, um, which is probably good. I don't know if I could handle that. I'm a, I'm an animal lover. So maybe that's yeah. just 
maybe that's just destiny and <laughs> the universe yeah. has spared me from that so that I stay in, <laughs> so that I stay in ufology, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm the same way. I feel the same way. Um, yeah. Now, what about, um, and I'll, I'll get this person's question up there in just a second, but um, the Lubach lights of 1951, right? Yes. Is that yes. Yeah, I, I yeah. that that one was absolutely fascinating to me. Have you ever looked into that one in particular? Yes, the Lubbock lights. Uh, Lubbock. So the, yeah, I always say it wrong. Oh, yeah. It's okay. There's so, <laughs> there's some there's so many cities here that I am I learn about new cities and reporting about UFOs. It's always fun, you know. When I get a report from a, a city here in Texas, I haven't you know even heard of. Um, but the Lubbock lights are you know again 1950s was just it was super active in texas it's really hard to deny that something was going on there you go there you go you got it this is also kind of similar not exactly but you could kind of put it in the category of the stephenville lights or phoenix lights or triangle cases uh so a professor and i believe in some uh yeah, some professors saw these lights and but they weren't That's the right. only the only witnesses. Actually, I don't know that they're the ones that took that particular photo. So there were multiple witnesses. You know, it definitely happened. So, you know, you could theorize was well, was this something advanced of our own, you know, back in the 50s? What is uh interesting to think about is it kind of reminds me of things like the Starlink train that Elon Musk, you know, has up there in the skies these days that get reported Uh as UFOs. And so it makes you wonder, like, could these have been advanced satellites, you know, or human satellites even back then? Because if the Lubbock lights were to be reported today, um, people would say, oh, it's Starlink. And so I think that also goes to show how hard ufology is today. When you have things like Starlink up there and all these yeah. advanced drones and you have all like thousands of satellites. And I and so I kind of hate it when, you know, if you see a UFO on a night that Starlink's out, it's just going to get called Starlink. Like, good luck. You're not going to be able to prove to anybody that it was. Oh, anything. I see what you're saying. Sure. Right. So it, it yeah. goes both ways. Right. So it's like, OK, well, then if all of the, these anomalous lights are Starlink, well, then let's look at all the past. And what were they in the past? We couldn't have been Starlink then. And if, you know, so it's, yeah, it, it, it's really hard. It's increasingly hard these days with all uh, the stuff that we're putting up there in the sky. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult. And it's not going to get, it's not going to get any better. No. Um, as no. we go along, there's going to be more advanced drones. And, you know, it depends on what the regulations are going to um, you know, be enforced on drones, the use of them and things like that. But as we develop more and more, you know, it's going to be harder and harder. And yeah. I'm still waiting for the flying car. Right. <laughs> and uh, when that's out there, yeah, then then it's a real, another game changer. Yeah, then it's we're, over. <laughs> yeah, you follow yeah. over when we've got the flying car, right? <laughs> yeah. We are the aliens then. So that, Yeah, we're the aliens. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I heard you use the term aliens and do you think, um, you know, I always ask people more or less this, their opinion. Um, do you think the answer to what a lot of people are seeing, and, and you mentioned some of it is probably military or our own, but do you think it's possible that we're getting um, an extraterrestrial terrestrial visitation? You know, I'm, I haven't, I haven't shook, you know, Shane Hans with the gray alien, right? So I haven't been able to find that 
physical, undeniable, indisputable proof of extraterrestrial visitation. Dot, 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 yet. (laughs) You know, or in caps letters, yet. So it's, it's, and I'm also not an experiencer. You know, I kind of saw UFO one time, you know, well into being a UFO reporter. So I really can't, you know, 100% say that. Uh, What I would say, you know, if I had to bet on it, I would definitely put it more than the 50% chance, chances. And it's weird. I feel like I go back and forth sometimes uh, in in this space. You know, it's like one day it's like uh, all, you know, all of this is just, you know, it's just a big um, deception, like self-deception even, you know, or... Or yeah, all of it is just completely true. And why are we doubting the great aliens still at this point? So sometimes I'm just like, it's is it is it just self-evident? Like, is it just obvious that the grays are real and we just need to accept that and not be so surprised when somebody shares an encounter with them? So, you know, sometimes I'm in that camp where it doesn't even seem that extraordinary to me. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, that's that's I could live in that reality. And then then other days it's like, well, okay, you know, um, well, if if you saw a great alien, you know, how do you know you really saw a great alien? Was it something pretending to be a great alien? You know, how can you trust the information they're giving you and they're telling you they're from Zeta Reticuli? You know, what if they're lying? So it's just then I kind of realize, oh, we're never gonna we're never going to figure this out. Like we're never going to yeah. figure out if there's extraterrestrials or not, even if, even if we think we figured it out. So that's my long, long winded, rambling, unsatisfying answer. <laughs> well, answer that. Yeah. well, I agree that I, I sometimes, you know, I mean, I know you're not really asking my opinion, but I'll oh, give it okay. to you anyway. Um, I think it's possible. I do think it's possible that, at least some of what we're seeing is extraterrestrial. I also think it's possible um, that it could be a number of different things that we're seeing. Some um, could be of our own, uh, our own crafts that we're, that we're seeing that um, we just don't know about. But I do think that it is as crazy as it sounds. It's possible it's an interdimensional type of situation um, it's possible it's, like I said, multiple things, including extraterrestrial. Um, I, I, I would say that I would think that is a very likely um, prospect that we are being visited by extraterrestrial. I think it's very possible, but I don't know for sure. And like you said, I'm not really sure if we'll ever know. You know, um, I don't know if I'll ever know in my lifetime. And I don't know if it's all that necessary to know either. You know, I mean, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe we wouldn't even understand what's going on if we knew. And and I don't, I'm, I'm wondering, I do, I actually do think that the government probably knows, or some part of the government probably knows more than we do, but I still would doubt that they know the full story. I highly doubt they full, know the full story. I don't think they know the full story yet either, but I do think there are people that might think that they know the full story yeah. that are yeah. in, you know, high positions and keep that story secret. 
And I think they're fooling themselves because I think that they would learn more if they would disclose all of this and we could all share this information together. And yeah, as to your point of many different things going on, I mean, that 100% certainly can say as with the UFO phenomenon. I don't mean um, Chinese lanterns or fireworks or drones. I don't mean that it can be all these man-made boring explanations. But there's, I would say, what I found more or where I've been able to turn over more stones and, and find and I think make a little more progress is in is when we look into the phenomenon of ball lightning and orbs and uh, even those earthquake lights and things like that. I think there's something really to that. And that that's not necessarily that may not be an intelligent extraterrestrial thing, but I do think it's something that's been really locked down and not okay to study from a scientific perspective. And I think there could be a lot of really powerful knowledge, you know, in studying those types of lights. I, I'll probably have a video soon, so I don't want to give too much away, but I've been looking into Chernobyl and uh, the effects of radiation. And, you know, is it possible that radioactive sites could create anomalous lights and that maybe maybe government doesn't want us to know <laughs> that there's radioactive uh you know there's just that that's happening right yeah. so there's all kinds of reasons right for the cover-up of ufos and it may not all be just you know gray aliens and reptilians it's i think if we can be open-minded and not afraid of the truth period you know any truth, uh, we we will learn. We will progress. We will get. We will learn a lot of really exciting things. Uh, but whether or not we prove um, interdimensional or you know physically uh, physical aliens flying from literally one planet here <laughs> right to us uh, without having to warp time or whatever, maybe they can. For all we know, I don't. I don't know if we'll get to the bottom of that, but we will we will make progress. We are going to find out some cool stuff for sure. I do remember reading something about, and I don't know if there was ever any truth to it at all about some type of inter possible intervention at Chernobyl. Um, when they were doing their sarcophagus, they were putting over the, uh, the, you know, meltdown reactor. Uh, you know, I mean, you heard about those things. But I don't know if there was any truth. Yeah, I actually that haven't heard of the so that's really fun. So this, stay tuned for this video. I'm going to be like super diving into Chernobyl, and it's a whole. Um, what got me interested in it is there was somebody who went and filmed the cleanup of the site, and so there was a news story out about this recently, and the film was contaminated, right? And, and it created this kind of anomalous, you know, look on the film, and so I, I oh, need yeah. to dig in more but it really just kind of you know really woke me up to because I've always been fascinated with the idea of free energy and ball lightning and you know energy within the earth itself creating some of these fantastical lights that we see that seem intelligent uh, marfa lights I think would be the example here in Texas so you had mentioned that yeah. so you know that's an ongoing real-time phenomenon that has not been debunked and they're just like these I haven't gotten to see them in person it's a it's definitely a goal uh, but these just uh 
orbs of light that appear and disappear and seem to dance around. People tried to debunk them as reflections of car headlights uh, driving, you know, on the highways there. But these were seen, you know, back in the 1800s before cars. So that's not a likely explanation. But maybe there's something more to this. Um, you know, think about some of the other kind of woo-woo part of uh this field is, you know, things like ley lines and, and all of that. And so I think there's, I think there's a lot, lot there to uncover. And that may not be uh, a humanoid alien in a spaceship abducting us. It could be something entirely different. So what um, I have heard the fact that they're saying that the Marfa, that's M-A-R-F-A lights were happening all this time, were people, how were they being reported? But were they in the news? Here's a, some of them right here. Okay, and, um, and I do understand this is ongoing, but were they reporting them in the newspaper, like in the 1800s? Is that, how would you know yeah, that? It was- you know, I'd have to, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've looked in, into it. So I'd have to, I'd have to look into it. That's a good question. The very first Marvelites report was I'm not sure. Yeah, I would assume it would be the newspapers. There's the newspapers are littered uh, with UFO reports in Texas. It's some of my favorite uh, uh, places to go look are the old newspaper archives for um, accounts of UFOs and again those flying saucers, you know, all throughout the 50s. So 1800s. I mean, there's we have a report. We have newspaper reports of the Aurora, Texas. Right. UFO crash, you know, so it's very possible that the Marfa lights were also documented as well, but I'd have to, I'd have to go dig it up and, and unearth it. So that, that might be a cool article to do soon. So good idea. Well, so getting, getting to the Aurora now yeah. that, that is, I had thought that was, I don't want to say debunked, but explained as a possible dirigible type situation um, with hydrogen. They had hydrogen, which was very, very flammable dirigibles with some type of motor prop or something for, and that was a possibility of that. I know that's been investigated. I know there's supposed to be a grave that's unmarked and that is not, uh, there's never going to be permission supposedly to um, extricate the body from that. So um, I don't think it's, we know for sure any of, unless you've yeah. looked into it well, more. It's really interesting. So when I initially really learned about Aurora, Texas, this story, the, the, the debunking effort then, if you ask me, um, there was a journalist that said that they had just all made it up. The town wanted attention. Um, and that was the story. So if you went to Wikipedia or you didn't know anything about UFOs, that's what you were told back then. Um, so it's interesting now. Oh, okay. Now that's not true. Okay. It did happen now. Now there's a new, okay. But it had, to, you know, so that, that's, I think that I would have, I'd be very curious, Martin. I haven't heard that latest theory. It is possible, right? So there were, there were lots of airship sightings in the late 1800s. So this wasn't just Texas. This was California and more than one of them were associated with strange pilots who did not seem like your typical men uh, in California, there was uh, an airship sighting and 
the witnesses reported seeing naked people singing in it, okay? So that's how weird these sightings got. People were accusing Thomas Edison of making them. So this is very much like today, people accusing like maybe Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, maybe of creating like rogue UFOs possibly, right? We've kind of heard that out there. Uh, so that was happening in the late 1800s, right? So the people mm -hmm. were seeing these ships. This, so I, that's how I figure. Well, this case in 1897 was probably real. This craft probably really did crash, you know, in Texas. The, the timeline, everything added up. And there was no evidence that anybody lied. This was just literally just something a journalist just said. So it's annoying when you'll see that a lot with cases where just somebody says they made it up and that's easier for people to believe. So people hook onto that. They, they retweet that. That seems sensible. That seems logical. It seems like an easier thing, a safer thing to bet on, right? But so often you can find no evidence of that, right? Yeah. So, that, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious, but... There were um, obviously, you know, there were uh, the big hot air balloons and uh, people were experimenting, you know, in the late 1800s. It's not like things weren't flying around. So it very yeah. well could have been a, a man-made object. But then again, if we're going to say that, if we say that this event really happened, then let's maybe take the witnesses for their word. And that there is a newspaper article and, and reports and um you know, memories, I guess, t today of uh, secondhand, you know, thirdhand, I guess, accounts today of uh, people actually uncovering uh, a strange, you know, exotic or alien-like humanoid body that was deceased. And it actually had papers on it that had strange symbols, like hieroglyphic-like symbols on it. And they gave the body a Christian burial and, uh, the story goes that MUFON or, you know, somebody, I don't know if not MUFON came later, uh, but the, the government, you know, at the time or the military at the time came in um, and confiscated, you know, all the evidence, you know, so it's like, you know, nothing happened. And uh, later, I think there were reports that, you know, um, MUFON also came out to the area and did an investigation, but I don't know what quite they found. I don't know if that was ever fully disclosed or if they found anything tangible. Um, but yeah, I think it's just one of those, it's too long ago. <laughs> you yeah. know, I wasn't there. Um, you know, people didn't, weren't taking Instagram photos back then. So it's kind of lost, you know, lost to. Um, yeah. Sorry, I almost had a hit a kiddo interruption just now. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, we're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's just, it's so lost to history. Uh, so we really just have the legends. Uh, I don't think there is a gravestone there. So you can go visit as a tourist and you can see uh, the report of this burial, but uh, it's not believed that that's actually where the body was located. So it's just yeah. symbolic. I know, I think it was uh, whatever show Bill Burns was in years ago. Was it UFO Hunters maybe? They, yeah. they did a, a show on that in particular. And I know they were trying to get some evidence and I thought they dug somewhere and got some aluminum or something. I knew which, that there was, they dug, but I didn't, I didn't know if, um, yeah, that had, they had disclosed what they dug up. So you said some aluminum, sorry, go ahead. You were saying. I thought, I thought that <laughs> 
I thought that's what I remember. Um, speaking of that and materials and things like that, I just announcing one more time that I have Gary Nolan from Stanford um, coming up on March 15th. And he's going to be joined by Lou Elizondo and Sean Cahill, both. So that should be uh, that should be one heck of a show. So yeah, just reminding geez. everyone that's that's coming up on the 15th of March. Um, so here's a question for you. Someone wants to know about what is what would you consider uh, one or more of your favorite cases that you've actually investigated yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we're looking at modern reports, I've been lately, I've just been obsessed with the saucers and I've, you know, tried to do what I can of witnesses who've reported to me of the saucers they've seen in the fifties, but you know, I can't, you know, I don't have the materials. I can't, you know, actively really look into that. So I would say the modern day wave, I think sometimes I give another, again, an unsatisfying or frustrating answer to this question, because I think if you asked me early on, I'd have these like really specific cases that like blew me away. But over the years, they really all blend into more of a pattern. Um, And so I would say for me, it's, it's the patterns. So I would say the biggest thing to me is the triangle UFOs. So, uh, especially now that they've been pretty well acknowledged by the government as being a real, you know, phenomenon that they have been secretly looking into while I was publicly looking into them for years. So that was kind of a nice bow that was put on that conundrum. But I would say early on in reporting UFOs in Texas, those were the most striking reports to me. Uh, sometimes in some cases the most unsettling to me because it was just so obvious that it was happening, just the amount of photos and videos and testimony. And, um, you know, people would draw pictures, you know, if they um, couldn't get good photos or videos and it, it, it's really hard to take good photos and videos of anything at night. So much of a plane, so much so as a plane or even a full moon. Right. So the fact that there was so many, you know, clear photos and videos of essentially, you know, three lights in the sky um, hovering silently. And that was the the main theme of those triangles. But, you know, people would see them as if they were in like a firefight, right? As, you know, wobbling or, you know, in distress. There was a whole summer where there were a number of triangling UFOs and it seemed like there was some... Um, maybe alarming activity going on like right above our heads here in Texas, you know, for a whole summer. So I can't remember the exact year. Um, maybe that was 2014. Um, but there was also um, 2014. Also, there were a wave of sightings where people were seeing these, you know, really ominous looking like ring of lights, just like hovering in the sky. And it was really tricky because they looked like those big, street lights that you see here in Texas. So mm. um, those big highway lights, so just, you know, a circular ring of lights. But um, th- those are always here in Texas. But there was one period where I was getting reports of those and people were seeing them, you know, where these lights did not exist, right? And they were just, but it was easy to debunk them as street lights, but they were not, <laughs> they were mm. not. And there was a whole, you know, summer of that. And what was that? You know, there was never, you know, I'm afraid to say I was never able to solve those cases. All I could really do is document the photos and the videos 
and the testimonies and, you know, just try to keep on top of it. And, um, you know, it's helpful to live here in Texas, but I can't get to every city. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not um, sampling soil or, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. going to the scene of every UFO site and taking pictures. I mean, I just can't, I literally can't, people can give you know, support with super chat and, and all that. And that allows me to do more, more things like that. But for me, um, I would say my strength is the crowd is, is all of you or all the witnesses. So it's crowdsourcing all that evidence, you know, somebody saw a triangle on YouTube, um, where they uploaded footage to YouTube and it matches a report of somebody reported to move on, um, matches something somebody reported to me. So it's a matter of aggregating, you know, all those patterns. And um, that's how I felt I've been best able to contribute to this field because um, uh, we're, there's already amazing MUFON investigators and folks who will drop everything and, you know, study one case, right? But if I did that, I would study one case for two months long and I might solve it. And that's all I'd have to offer the community, you know, this way I can doc, you know, say, Hey, there was, you know, X amount of triangles, um, in this part of the, the state, um, this month. And then now we're seeing a lot of Tic Tac UFO reports, you know, so what's going on here. So the triangles have always haunted me and, uh, before 2017, they weren't real, right? UFOs weren't real. You were crazy if you talked about them. Yeah. You know, the government was not looking into them. And so when 2017 rolled around and we started getting, you know, those official disclosures and acknowledgement of the triangle UFO phenomenon, as well as the orb phenomenon, another, you know, one I'd been documenting quite prevalently here, that was that was a nice affirmation. Okay. Um, this has been worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, my judgment is somewhat correct here that something's yeah. going on here. So that may not be the answer people are looking for. I think people like, you know, want to hear about the praying mantis, you yeah. know, that encounter, you know, that abducted somebody. And, you know, I have, I have reported on that, <clears throat> but as far as just what I really know to be true and happening, those triangles are real and the orbs are real as well, but I don't put them in the same category as the triangles at all. They get mixed up again in the, the earthquake lights and the Marfa lights and, and that much uh, even to some degree more mysterious phenomenon. Yeah. Some people have claimed that they've seen, you know, getting back to what you just said about orbs that people have seen, to claim that they're intelligently controlled. You know, do you ever hear that? Um, you know, I mean, that's that's something you do hear occasionally. Well, that's, that's the question, the curiosity that drives, I guess, me even discovering them in the first place, right? Is that, are, you know, are we alone? And then, and uh, when I first got into this field or when I first started writing about it, I guess I should say, started learning about it in 2007. Uh, so I didn't grow up, uh, wasn't born a believer, you know, anything like that. But uh, some of the most compelling videos to me early on were the orbs that appeared, you know, before and after the Japan tsunami in 2011. Yeah, And I don't know if those are easy, as easy to find that these days as that footage, but that definitely occurred. There were live news reports that featured these orbs. I covered them at the time. 
there were some attempts to debunk them as um, like camera effects and stuff like that, but I've never seen anything like that since or before. Like I, and now knowing what I know, it's like, I think, I think those were just orbs and those were wild. Um, they absolutely appeared to be moving intelligently um, and almost like dancing around and things like that. And so, yes, I think it's possible. I think if there are intelligent orbs, I do think that must be a different species, must be a different thing um, than some of these nuts and bolts, saucer, triangle craft. It seems to me, you know, when we're talking more interdimensional, right, like the appearing and disappearing, right? Could that be going in and out of a portal uh, when these orbs are just hovering or wobbling or dancing? Is, is there something else going on there? They um is it are they for example i'm just um i'll have an article up on the website soon i'm uh, somebody was filming an orb i guess in their neighborhood uh for over an hour just hovering there and it's just sitting there it looks like a star but then it gets really it uh glows gets really big and then gets small again and then it starts flying away so it's not a star so what what on earth <laughs> what on earth is going on here that's not a satellite that's not a plane um it does seem like they're it's almost watching us it does seem like there's some intelligence at the mm. same time don't want to get too carried away because we just like we humanize like animals right i think yeah. we can kind of humanize lights right we can yeah see more in them that, that there are, you know, and uh, nature can create, you know, quite, quite the light show for us. And so we just, yeah. we just have to be careful. And, I, and I'm not certain that, you know, all the ball lightning accounts are intelligent or um, some, again, the most fascinating videos for me, you can go do this. You can go watch live earth, uh, well, not live earthquake cams. Thank God. <laughs> There's not a bunch of live earthquake cams right now. Um, live volcano cams. Yeah. Um, and you can see these orbs, um, like hovering above the volcano, going in them, going into them, coming out of them. I'm not certain that's intelligent, but it sure looks like it is. Um, hmm. So what is that? I, I think there's a lot to uncover here. I sometimes feel like this is the this is the area where I probably will find more answers uh, than with the saucers and triangles, even though those are the most um, talked about, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I say often on the show, we probably know very little about what's going on around us all the time. I mean, we only see so much in our spectrum, you know, a very small percentage. And then we have other ways of detecting other things, but still there's a lot we that could be going on all around us that we have absolutely no clue. Oh, um, here's a question up here. I, I never heard of this, the meadow. It's a paranormal spot in the Eastern border of Louisiana. Do you know anything about that? Shoot. Well, Louisiana is not, I mean, it's right next door. Um, and so, but I have not heard about it. I am super, I mean, I'm Googling it right, <laughs> right now. I love it. Um, I love it when people have a new paranormal story or encounter, you know, that I've never heard of. Uh, so, no, I have not. I'm fascinated, though. So I'll be looking into that. I don't know if anybody else in the chat can illuminate on that. So, um, 
Yep. So there's a lot of bordering states with a lot of interesting things going on uh, beyond Texas, for sure. So it's a lot to keep up with. So. Yeah. Um, just a question here. Someone wants to know, can we phone in questions? No, but in just about a half hour or so, we will be taking calls and Bill will be standing by um, for that um, to answer those calls. I do have, you know, if you want to, I, I just say, if you have a question, just do what you're doing, uh, Stephen, put put the question in caps and I'll try to get it up, up for our guest. Otherwise, you can wait until our phone lines open in about right about a half hour from now. Um, so as far as all the historic cases, you know, we, we talked, um, about the, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, the Lubbock lights. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know we talked about that. There were college professors that saw this and this particular picture here. Do you know who took that? I mean, this, I I just want to revisit this case. This might've been a boy. I, Let's see. I'm pulling it up now because I don't want to. I think this might. Oh shoot! This might have been a boy that took this particular picture. Um, but I. Hmm, let's see. Well, you think about 1951. Mm-hmm. I don't think we had could have had anything up in the sky that would do this type of thing. Um, you think about our technology back then. And I would be totally shocked if we had something that would make this light formation back then. And was that, so just getting back yeah, to that. So a few days later, Carl Hart Jr., not a boy, but uh-huh. a college student. A junior, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm getting older. A freshman at Texas Tech said he was standing in his parents' backyard when two V-shaped formation of lights flew over him. He grabbed his camera and set the exposure where I wanted it and went back outside and waited. And then two more lights came over. Said Hart Jr., I think I got two pictures of one and three of the other. So, yeah. So, the professors, I guess, are what gave the credibility, right, uh-huh. deciding because they they saw it and there were other witnesses, too. It wasn't just these professors or this student, but I think that's what made it extra believable. And then you have this picture as well, you know, to back up what everybody saw. So, yes, yeah. I mean, it, that should not have been flying around in our skies back then. Nope. <laughs> right. Right. 1951. You think about that, you know, that that really is something. And was it so it was seen more than one day, obviously, as you just mentioned. Yep, but was it true. seen a long time after that? I mean, were there more sightings of that particular formation? Do you know? I mean, I would say people see things like that, have seen continued to see things like that ever since. So, you know, it's just like with the Stephenville lights, people still see weird lights in Stephenville. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's recently just like within the last five years. So I'd say, yeah, I mean, that type of sighting hasn't stopped. I think though that was, you know, just like a, um, you know, high by, you know, kind of thing I, for yeah. sure. Yeah, we, I mean, that's definitely, um, a pattern too. Um, you know, this was maybe a particular UFO that, that flew by and then, you know, went on its way and maybe others like it have, you know, shown up since. Um, could yeah. be argued. Yep. That's always made me curious, you know, why, why there are flaps and why the same UFO is seen in the same location. If you think about it, if something can, is traveling great distances to be here, why would it focus on one particular area and be seen over and over again? 
you know, it's kind of bizarre when you think about it, but you know, maybe there's also an answer to that somehow. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, it, it seems logical, right? It, it's just like if we were to, I mean, look at our Mars rovers and, you know, the things we send out there, you know, we have limited, we're limited in where we can go and what we can do. And I would suspect they are limited too. And, you know, who knows how many of them are out there, or how many different crafts that, like we were talking about. There's a lot of different things going on here. It's not just one phenomenon. So I think trying to understand the the flaps, it's, it, yeah, I mean, you really do have to piece it out um, and start categorizing it by UFO type and, um, you know, what else was, you know, what else was encountered along with the sightings and other things like that to really try to, to figure out what the agenda is here, I guess, and, and what yeah. they are up to. And people do talk about how UFOs apparently show up near nuclear sites a lot and, um, air force bases a lot. And I've had trouble corroborating that because the problem is um, what I see is that UFOs are reported in, in populated cities. <laughs> and guess what? There's air force bases near, near all of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, that's just the nature of it. So, you know, how much of that, you know, is driving uh, UFO flaps, if you will, you know, they could be yeah. happening in more rural places. Right. And people just, you know, aren't reporting on it. Yeah, well, there there could be absolutely something to the fact of testing equipment that is, you know, secret in nature and them not really caring if people report it as a UFO. You know, maybe that's even a good thing for them um, mm-hmm. when they're testing something. You know, because that, a lot of times, you know, I've, I've kind of argued the point with someone saying that, you know, all the because I kind of put it all in one category, all of the triangle UFOs and military. That's what some people have said. And just secret military that we don't know about. And so the couple of arguments with that were, has always been, well, why would it be in a populated area? Why would it be in uh, an airspace um, where there's issues? Or why, um, you know, would this be happening with all these witnesses calling it a UFO and, you know, maybe there is something to the fact that they are testing and they don't care whether it's seen or not. But when you go back to that, the same person that says all of these are UFOs, then explain them back in 1970 or 1960, mm-hmm. exactly. a triangle, try to explain that one mm-hmm. as exactly. our own property. That's not going to, that's not going to fly. You know, the, the Phoenix lights, right? Like right. why, why, Maybe it was our own, but, you know, that's just as confusing, <laughs> I yeah. think, you know, as it not being. Um, yeah. It, and is it reverse engineered? I mean, it's like, which came first, you know, the UFO or, you know, the reverse engineered version of it, too, because there definitely could be our own craft up there that we're mimicking some fancier, weirder things, you know, that we've found or seen. So it's, it's a difficult, it, again, especially now in 2022, which, you know, one could argue maybe that's why now we have the UFO offices and things like that, is we do have so much of our own advanced stuff up there that we can explain things with. And, uh, and so in many ways, I feel it is actually easier to debunk UFOs today 
than it would have been. Yeah. In 1951. Uh, yeah. yeah, That's why I tend to be pretty obsessed with those old sightings as annoying as it is uh, to some (laughs) folks who just want to move on from Roswell. But I feel like a lot of the clues are still, are still uh, um, in the past. Right. Right. Well, for one thing, we have so much information available to us, Um, you know, satellite positioning, you know, satellites in certain at certain times. Uh, We have all that information now. We have uh, weather uh, anomalies, you know, weather situations at our fingertips. There's all kinds of investigative tools Mm -hmm. for looking into a report in particular you're looking into. You can even go back. Okay, what was the weather back? on this day in 19, you know, 82 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I do believe you can find all that information out. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, we have researchers too have done so much work, you know, over the years. So there's also a lot of connecting the dots and sharing notes and um, yeah. Um, adding, you know, just one-on-one together, you know, and getting, getting two and getting a new, uh, a new angle on things. Right. There's uh, a, you know, an apparent, to get real like Roswelly and you know kind of cuckoo a little bit uh there is this you know alleged uh recording with um a woman who claimed to have been to the Roswell crash site with Albert Einstein now she has since passed um but we do have the recording of her sharing this testimony and I've I've it was in contact with a journalist you know who released this information and you know he I think genuinely tracked down uh this recording it um was difficult to get out and if if we could verify any aspects you know of her testimony that would be a huge new angle right for for ufology and it would absolutely be relevant to today and understanding the tic-tac UFOs. So even though people might be telling me to move on from Roswell, I'm I'm not going to do it. I refuse to. Do you happen to know what year? Keep... Do you happen to know what year that was recorded? I do not off the top of my head, but I can I can look it up uh, for you guys probably before uh, the interview is over. I have a whole YouTube video about it. I just you know shared shared highlights from the recording, and I really tried. I've been trying, um, you know, whatever, what details, you know, from her recording, can I then, you know, go look up something new or go, you know, find something new. So if anybody else, you know, um, can find some clues, you know, from that recording, that would be great. I'm trying to look it up here. Um, it's so it's sure it's Dr. Shirley Wright is the woman who apparently gave this recording 1993. 1993 taped confession only recently released. Oh, I see. So, yeah, that would yeah. be great if we could find some new clues in that or or just totally disprove it, right? And I can't I can't disprove it either, right? So that's the fun part. Obviously, that was the first thing I tried to do. Is there anything I can do to disprove that this lady existed it existed or that this couldn't have happened and uh of course, you know, people doubt that the UFO that there was ever a UFO that crashed in Roswell. So that would be a reason to doubt her story. <laughs> but beyond yeah. that, you know, I couldn't find, you know, any major uh, ways to debunk this. I'm, I'm still actively looking into that one. And, and any of, again, I think Texas is a big clue here as well, because if Roswell was not, you know, if that wasn't a flying saucer, what are all these saucers doing? 
um, showing up in Texas and, you know, in West Australia in the 60s and, you know, just all over. There's so many documented cases of these discs. So what what's happening that Roswell was just a fluke and then it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Well, even if you took if you took Roswell completely out of the picture, it's still there's just so so many cases Mm -hmm. and we can't obviously can't discount all these people. You know, I saw something myself that I couldn't explain, but never mind me. What about all these multiple witness sightings that have seen so many incredible things over the years? You can't just say uh, that there's nothing to it. And anyone that is out there, you know, that thinks there's nothing to it, I challenge you to take a look deeply into it. Mm-hmm. And and I do believe you will change your mind. I that which kind of this is completely um off topic, but I do want to bring it up because I get, I don't know, at least one or two emails a week, sometimes a lot more. And that is about the aerial phenomenon mm-hmm. um movie. Um, because I have been, you know, uh in contact with Randall Nickerson, the film creator, for years and years. Um, I have not um uh, I've reached out to him a number of times. I'm not hearing from him. I do not know, just to let everyone know, (laughs) I do not know what is going on. I only have heard rumors from people in the business, the film business more or less, that it's possible it's going to be coming out before spring. I was told last year it was going to come out before the end of the year. It never happened. Um, It's going to be most likely on a streaming platform as far as I know. But I really, I'm not, all I'm getting at is I'm not the person to go to, to Mm -hmm. uh, give you any information on that. Unfortunately, I wish I knew because I'm, I'm waiting just like everybody else. I can't wait Uh, knowing uh, Randall Nickerson's work. He's extremely fussy. He's extremely good. When that comes out, that is, I think it will be, is going to push the needle a little more. That's one of, that is, I consider that. And that was also his author. Case of them all. Mm-hmm. The most interesting case of them all, I think. Oh, gosh, uh, for sure. And and then that was also a saucer. I th- I mean, if you look at yeah. the pictures of the UFO, yeah. so it's like, yeah, I mean, what, what's going on here? Um, yeah, no, the, the Zimbabwe case, I've, tr- I've tried to reach out to some of the witnesses in the past to get an interview and, you know, was not able to get one. So I would, yeah, I'd love to, um, I can't wait for that to come out. I'm not a big UFO documentary or book reader. And some of that's just time. And then a lot of that is a little, it's intentional, right? So I feel like I want to look at the files and the evidence and the videos and the photos uh, as objectively as I can without too many biases or opinions going into it. So I kind of avoid it. But this the aerial school incident, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be watching this one. So, yeah, just for the, I know um, uh, the reason I'm saying anything about this right now is because there's a lot of people that are just looking into this topic that have found my show. And and I do appreciate you uh, watching or listening, however you're doing it. But uh, that particular case, you can just Google it. The Ariel school uh, um, incident happened back in 1994 And uh, so I welcome you to look into that because that is a fascinating case. We don't really need to get in 
to that right now, but uh, it's, it's really incredible. And I have, you know, one of the things that's so compelling about that is, is the John Mack interviews with the children, child psychologist, Harvard trained or Harvard professor. And at the time when he was interviewing those kids, it was just so uh, boggling the, some of the things that they were saying. So I have not seen those films. I think a lot of them have been taken down off of YouTube, unfortunately, but, um, but uh, that was, it was very, very compelling. These were like, ah, Oh, wait, let's put you up on the full oh, screen. You Hold on. You can't see it. You can't see it. But those were the, the drawings. Oh, yeah. You know, you people it. who are not familiar with the Zimbabwe incident, those are the drawings that the children drew, or some of them. Yeah. Of, uh, and yeah. that was like immediately right after. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the so. one thing, I the teachers had the foresight to actually have the kids draw what they they saw right away, which I think that is that was such a game changer, really, because it was yeah. fresh in their minds at the time, and people should and they all draw. What and they see. drew something very similar, all of them, mm-hmm. especially with the eyes and everything. And uh, I know people have followed the show, um, have seen when I had Selma Siddick. She was one of the children there, and you know she was describing the skin to be like porcelain, and she said when she had to break away and go look for her siblings that breaking eye contact from four feet away, about four feet away from this being, whatever it was, that it was one of the hardest things she ever had to do was to break eye contact, which I think is another fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. It's such an incredible story. I know we're way off at of Texas UFOs. Oh so- no, that's- I love, I mean, it's all, yeah. it's all relevant, <laughs> relevant yeah. to my world. <laughs> so Michael Brown wants to know, so what's new? Uh, is there, you, you mentioned some of the new things that you have been looking yeah. into, but um, I also saw that you did a JetBlue um, yeah. video. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that one's an interesting one. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, there's always sightings, you know, being reported, you know, here in Texas. So as far as what's new, well, I mean, the orbs, the triangles, even the discs to some extent, I mean, they're all being seen actively. People do report the greys and the reptilians and even the praying mantis. I mean, so in a nutshell, it's it's all happening. Uh, but yeah, so this was a really uh, kind of cool video. So it was actually posted to Reddit and it shows it's taken a poorly taken outside of a cockpit window of a jet of a pilot actually and if you would like i didn't mean to drop uh, you I'm sorry oh, yeah, but you, you know it. how to screen share probably because you use this oh, program sure. all the time if you'd like to screen share your video we could post that up i'm not sure if you can I... type the sound through or not but uh, if you don't know how to do that i i'm i actually... can't i can i just don't have it all like set up and i'm afraid we're gonna um Okay. Least, That's I would right. try to pull it up. Shoot, shoot! I should, I should. Ne- oh man, I should have been better prepared, Martin. I would have prepared. Well, that, that's uh, share, but, but I yeah. thought about that. Um, Something I just thought of. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it people can check check out the footage, you know, on my YouTube channel. But essentially, you just see this like little glowing, you know, white orb just hovering out there in the sky, and then it's 
just kind of disappear and it's taken you know allegedly you know out of a cockpit window you know of a plane and allegedly this footage has been circulating was circulating between jet blue pilots so who are going over it and and back and forth and so you know i did you know you know light analysis on it and it, you know it's definitely yeah it looks like martin's pulling it up you can hear my, um, <laughs> hear my yeah you can voice. hear your yeah i'll see if i can do that and or like uh, maybe mute, your voice. mute myself and then maybe show some of the actual footage um, i'm just seeing oh okay i just see a black right now and then can hear, hear me yeah. talking about it all right let me see what's going on there we go there we go yeah okay. so yeah here we go here's the and the aspect ratio is a little annoying um this is vertical ground speed 500 this was the testimony that was sent along with it now i am a super genius when it comes to google see yeah you can clip cord a little bit well yeah i'm not oh, sure no. <laughs> There is a full, so there was a full testimony that was attached with the sighting. So the pilot, you know, is first in things that they see in the sky. And it wasn't, um, they weren't able to identify it while flying, essentially. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm, Bummer. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm on the road and I have very, uh, I have Bill working on the other end uh, because I have very, very poor signal here. So I'm really very happy so far that I haven't crashed. <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, this uh, I think what I'm going to do at this point is okay. just open the lines. If someone would like to call in, I'm going to put the phone number up here. Bill will be standing by. And uh, and I actually it. do have it up here, Martin, real quick, if you want me to share real quick. Yeah, if you can do it. Sure. Go try. right ahead. Yeah. Can try. Uh, yeah, go right ahead. So. All right. Can you guys see that? Uh, we're not seeing anything on this side here. Oh, and no. I'm not sure if you have to. Oh, okay. Let's see. Let's yeah. see. Let's see. Actually, both of you, I uploaded the video. Oh, okay. Area, so it's, you can play it, Martin, whenever you're ready. Oh, okay. oh you uploaded the video. Oh, thank you, Bill. I have Bill working behind the scenes, like uh, actually taking the position I usually do. So okay. he's able to do all these things. Here we yeah, and we are going to start right away with Stephen in Michigan. Stephen, you are live on the air. Welcome to the show. Hi, Martin and Jane. Thank you for an amazing show. Every time I see Martin has a new guest on, uh, it it makes my day. So thank you to, to both right. of you. Well, thank you. <laughs> you have my a question? question? I have yeah. a question. Yeah, I do. I'll, I'll make it quick. Um, Jane, I'd like your thoughts on the overall safety of investigating these UFO reports. I just turned 27. Um, I've been researching for about the past five years and I've gotten to a point in which I truly don't feel safe poking and prodding any more than I already have. Uh, to be specific, I've gotten to a point of actively searching and calling for a UFO to appear, but I've quickly abandoned that practice as the majority of interactions I've heard discussed are quite negative with many people saying they wish they never had these encounters in the first place. What are your thoughts on this? Um, also, quick side note, Jordan Peele has a new horror movie call, coming out called No. It's about UFOs. Have you seen that trailer? I'll take my answer off the air. Thank you, and God bless you both. Thank you. Yeah, hi, Stephen. So 
I have, yes, I've seen Nope, <laughs> the trailer. It, I don't know if you've seen it, Martin, but uh -uh. it looks so stinking good. I cannot wait. I My first love before UFOs was really movies. And so we actually have um, a YouTube show where we talk about the behind the scenes of movies and, oh. you know, the, the real stuff. So, you know, we just went in depth on Close Encounters of the, the Third Kind and Nope is going to be one that we'll definitely be talking about for Weird Hollywood this summer when it comes out. People should check out that trailer. It's also just a great movie trailer because you just don't know what's going to happen. It's a true trailer and it leaves you guessing and wanting to know more. Could you say the the title to that one more time? So it's Nope. I, I there might it might be N O P E. Yeah. Um, so That's it's not Yeah, yep. not of planet Earth, I think. Uh wait, not of yeah, yeah. Not of planet Earth, I think is what it stands for. Oh, and not of planet yeah, Earth. Yeah, yeah. And Love so it. It, yeah. it looks amazing. I don't even want to say, I just go watch the, I mean, not now, later. <laughs> later, after after the show, go watch the trailer. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did mm -hmm. the other part of the question. Oh my gosh, what was the other? <laughs> it was a good question. Oh, yes. Um. So the whole idea of contacting UFOs and is this an experience you yeah. want to have or not? So for me, you know, I haven't had an experience, at least as far as I know. I also haven't done, you know, hypnotherapy or anything. Who knows? But I, I'm not an experiencer, so I can't really truly, I guess, give advice from that perspective. So I can only just really look at what I've documented over the years. And I really struggle to recommend trying to contact these things. So I... I say, if you see a UFO, don't go up to it. <laughs> and I would say, be very careful if you are seeking UFO sightings or encounters. And um, I would go into it with very open eyes and a safe plan and, um, you know, maybe, maybe some protection, you know, whatever that looks like to you. Because, look, if this is real and you really do believe that they are visiting, that's a big deal to ask for a ride on their ship or invite them into your life. So if you really do believe that, I would take it very seriously and I would just go into it with the right attitude and mindset. Uh, maybe with others, people do CE5, you know, group um, groups where they, you know, try to summon UFOs. That seems to be a safer way to do it than just like sitting in front of your house <laughs> on, on a random day. Right. Uh, as far as the negative experiences, so yeah, I mean, the reason I would hesitate to recommend to try to see a UFO is, well, because I don't know what these entities are. I don't know their agenda. I don't know if it's safe or not, or if this is positive. This could be a very dark thing that's going on. The idea of somebody kidnapping you from your home and performing uncomfortable, painful exams on you. I mean, these are the stories we hear. So yes, they're, they're quite frightening and I wouldn't wish this upon somebody. That mm. said, uh, these could be, uh, a lot of people have very positive experiences and uh, positive uh, interpretations of what has happened to them. So even Travis Walton, who had a very negative experience at the time. I think he felt that way at the time, very scared. I believe in his later years, he's come to more of a conclusion that when he was knocked down by the beam of light, that he could have been injured and that those exams were actually, you know, the aliens fixing him. 
So, you know, it could very well be that these visitors have, you know, are helping us or studying us do, do mean well and that those that come into contact are better for it. You know, people describe being more psychic after word or, you know, yeah. maybe not as being afraid of death or things like that. So I, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think attitude is important. And, and if you've had an experience, I certainly don't think it would be healthy to um, remember it as a very negative experience because that's, you know, difficult to process and overcome. And I think it's probably healthy to try to seek some actual logical reason for it. And there probably is one. It's, it's hard it's hard for me to believe that these are evil beings, you know, torturing us. I don't think that's what's going on here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not one of those people that's going to set up a CE5 group anytime soon. Um, yeah. 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 Well, I, yeah, I, I have a friend that did one of those and it was actually pretty comical. Some of the things that happened there and, and I don't need to get into it, but uh <laughs> but there was some wild imaginations. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> so right now we have Ken on the line from Massachusetts. Ken, welcome to the show. You're live on the air. Hey, Ken. Hi, Martin and Jane. Another fantastic show tonight, Martin. Well, thank my you. question is for Jane. <clears throat> my question is for Jane. I um, research old cases and new cases in my home state. And, you know, nothing gets the blood pumping more like you see an article in the newspaper or online. Oh, UFO sighted. And my question to her is, what's her opinion on, you know, when you get all hyped up and you read the article and they show you a video and it's quite clearly Chinese lanterns. <laughs> or I don't know if you've seen the latest one. Did you see the one from Hawaii where mysterious object hovers over Hawaii, two fighter jets are scrambled? You can see the picture in two seconds. You can see a balloon with a string hanging down, holding a, a payload underneath it. You know, and yeah, so what's yeah. your opinion? Is is reports like that helpful or, you know, because it's getting exposure to UFO uh, subject or hurting it because, you know, people look into it. Oh, it's a balloon. Oh, it's, it's yeah. uh, Chinese land. So what's your opinion? I'll take the answer off. Yeah. Thank you, Ken. That's a great question. And early on. When I saw Chinese lanterns, I thought aliens were invading. Okay, so it's, it's yeah. super normal <laughs> to be frightened by that and to report it. You're not crazy. You're actually just paying attention. And yeah, there are a lot of really fantastical things that then become quite mundane, you know, as a researcher. And you go through those cycles and those process. I mean, we were just looking at some footage that definitely you could say, oh, that's just a balloon. That, that footage was interesting to me considering the pilot perspective and and that and so that's why I wanted to share that one but I'm regularly debunking and solving cases so that's the first thing I'm trying to do with any UFO case is to find a very mundane boring explanation most cases I come across I do not report on it's it looks to be a lens flare Chinese lanterns I know I've said that a lot but that's just because it's just that's probably the most common misidentification um, so if you're seeing orange orbs seem forming different formations, sometimes hovering, sometimes moving, and then gradually disappearing. That's probably Chinese lanterns. Nighttime parachuters, that's another wild, oh, yeah. right? You know, if you haven't seen that before, what and else they have the flare. 
They have the flares yeah. on their feet. Yeah. Crazy looking, wild looking. So there's a lot of misidentifications. I don't think that most people are hoaxing things or um, falsely reporting, right? I think we just get carried away uh, with these unexplained uh, lights that we see. Is it hurting? I mean, yeah, I guess so. But I think, you know, the question, are we alone in the universe that never goes away? And anytime that flutter, you get that flutter. Oh, could that be an alien? I think, you know, you're just waiting for the next time to get that feeling again. So no, I don't think you're just like, oh, that was a balloon. Okay, I'm just, I'm not going to look again. I mean, one of the most, um, I had this video, guys, that was still deciding what to do with it. Because I think I'd almost like to make a, a, a feature around a debunking, <laughs> a debunking story that I have, you know, um, so I'm kind of saving it, but there was just this really incredible footage. Like, it was just like, if this is real, this is the best UFO video I've ever seen in my life. And so I tried and tried and tried to debunk it and couldn't, 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 um, couldn't debunk it. So, you know, we're, we're pretty close, you know, to traveling and going out uh, to the field for that one because it was such a big one. And thank God um, was able to solve it, you know, before that visit. And that that's just how things go. You know, you're, you're about to prove aliens are visiting and now um, you've just proved a hoax, essentially. Yeah. You know, somebody well, was goofing with you. So yeah. that's a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times it's not a hoax. A lot of times it's just. Right miss yep. you know uh seen as something else or you know i mean like mm -hmm. you meant you know the parachuters things like that i mean it is so easy because a lot of times when we see something it is like unbelievable for instance the failed miss missile launches the failed rocket launches oh, yeah. those have the most make the most incredible ufo yeah. spirals mm -hmm. they're just amazing we have bill on the line from florida bill you're live on the air welcome Bill, you're alive on the air. Welcome to the show. Now, oh, Bill, no, Bill was, uh, that might be, that's absolutely me. And I'm sorry. I had that muted. Bill, sorry about that. You're, you're live now. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Okay. Thank, thank you, Martin and Jane. Um, I heard you two talking about the aerial school phenomena. Yeah. And uh, I'd also heard that there were other cases at schools, like there was one down in Miami, Florida, Yes. Um, and and uh, anyway, and it brought to mind the uh, the Sandy Hook school and that there were UFO sightings over that at about the same time that that whole thing happened. Mm. And I was just wanting to know what your comments were on that. I've never heard anything about that. I never. Yeah. I'm and not... I was reporting on UFOs at that time. What year yeah. was that? that I, I, I think that I blocked how, that out. I think I, I blocked that out. It's a horrible case to even remember. Yeah, yeah, 2000. I do, oh, yeah. I do know that um, Preston Dennett, for for instance, has looked deeply into schoolyard mm -hmm. UFO sightings, and I'm sure he would have uncovered. I don't know where he heard that in particular, but I don't. I, I do not believe, um, Bill, that that's anything that I've ever heard about before. Yeah, Is I mean, that it, Bill? myself that's it thank you okay thank you all right we have steve from california steve welcome to the show you're live hi uh, martin hi uh, jane hi um, 
Um, I've been following the UFO phenomena since the mid-60s. So uh, it's progress through the years. Um, I start gathering data, information on sightings, uh, documents, etc. And then in the early 80s, when the internet went up, I started collecting uh, UFO footage. And then uh, sharing that on uh, Facebook, I have a room called Truth Be Told, where I share all the information daily with the uh, UFO sightings and news. And what I found out is this phenomena is around the world, and it's constantly UFO sightings every day. And um, so there's a lot to share uh, there. And uh, I've some of the conclusions I've come from gathering information, um, data that I'm going on, that there's UFO hotspots such as uh, Brazil, um, and uh, and I would consider Texas a hotspot because I get a lot of UFO footage from Texas and sightings. Uh, do you think uh, Texas is a hotspot? Well, it's how I got into this field, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't be doing this, I guess, if it wasn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do. I do think so. And you know, but whether that yes, maybe population per square footage is low, but the biggest some like if you look at the top 10 cities in america i think three of them are in texas three, three or four or something like a lot like san antonio houston austin's now up there dallas is now up there right so those cities alone are going to drive a ton of reports right because there's just so many people um so whether or not that's being driven just by people just the number of people um is a question i I don't know. I really think that you can see a UFO anywhere. I really do. I think you just have to be paying attention and looking up. I live in Texas and I've seen one maybe one time. So it seems it has to do almost more with the person uh, versus the place you're in, you know, whether or not you're going to see something. So, I mean, I know people mm -hmm. who see things all the time or witnesses that report multiple encounters to me, you know, I'm not having, I'm not having that experience, you know, we live in the same state, right? So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, I do, there's a lot of activity here, for sure. I can totally, uh, totally uh, corroborate that. Now, Ray Stanford, are you familiar with, have you ever heard of Ray Stanford? I have not looked, I don't, I'm not yeah. an expert on him, well, no, so I Ray, really can't, uh, yeah. Ray Stanford is a longtime UFO researcher. He wrote a book on the Socorro incident that was really a very good book. Um, he actually had right? he actually had a UFO detec detection station with something like I want to say maybe a million dollars worth of equipment mm. in Texas in the nineteen late nineteen seventies, huh. and there was a lot of activity then. I just thought of that. Uh, we do have another Thank caller on the line. That's that's but, a really nice. I love that. I love every, every little um, yeah. nugget like that. That's beautiful. Okay, so I'm, okay, cool. Yeah. Thank so um, yeah. that is something you may. Um, I can't. He did. There was a name for the uh, company that he formed and everything, but okay. there was uh, some activity that he actually got some some data on at the time. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. We have. Joni, I think I know who that is. Uh, Joni, uh, welcome to the show. You're live on the air. Yeah. Um, right. 
My question is, does your guest think that there's any correlation between UFOs and the orb sightings and Bigfoot? So I've definitely heard, I haven't directly investigated or reported on cases where people saw Bigfoot and UFOs at the same time, but there are absolutely cases like that. I, I love, look, I like, I'm into Bigfoot and ghosts and the psychic phenomenon and, and all of those unexplained things. So I'm not one of those UFO researchers that only researches UFOs and like, you know, Bigfoot's all uh, all that that's all crap no i think uh bigfoot i've i've interviewed you know a few bigfoot hunters and i've licked into a little bit uh but i'm not a bigfoot hunter alas myself not yet so i can't i don't think confidently make that connection i will say i like to think of bigfoot as um chewy like from star wars right oh, yeah. like an intergalactic space traveler right that uh, can just disappear, you know, in an instance and not leave any trace behind. So, I mean, why not? Why couldn't there be some other inter interdimensional traveler, you know, connected to UFOs? The uh, the more, I guess you could say, boring, but still really cool theories around it simply being a biological missing link where there's just, you know, a few quantities of these like ape like you know humanoids essentially right remnants from giant i'm gonna say it wrong gig you guys know what i mean giganta giganta you know you you guys know what i mean <laughs> i'm gonna butcher the the scientific name i think those theories are compelling too and you don't have to invoke any ufos or mystical you know interdimensional travel there i do think uh Bigfoot is kind of like UFOs, though, where we use this one term. I mean, there's Yeti and Sasquatch, just like there's UFOs and UAP and things like that, where we do use this one term to explain all of this. And one of the reasons that I do feel that extraterrestrials are probably visiting is if you just look at our own planet Earth and all the diversity of life here and um, and all the things you know, animals and species we still discover every year and um, and have yet to discover, it's absolutely mind-blowing. So I, I think there's all kinds of really big animals out there that do a good job at hiding from us. I don't think you necessarily have to be an advanced AT species to hide pretty well um, from human beings. I was talking to um, Cliff Brackman, who people may know from Finding Bigfoot, pretty um, entertaining show, but Cliff actually takes a more kind of reasonable, you know, scientific viewpoint. And he has a lot of really cool insight around this. Um, you know, people are like, well, Bigfoot's real, you know, where are the bones? Well, this is also common for other animals, yeah. like bears and things like that. You don't, you don't go find, you know, they, they go die and um you don't like just find their bones <laughs> out in nature yeah and those are you know a creature that we know exists there's many different species there you know all over so i think i think you can look at it through the non-ufo lens but why can't there be more than one bigfoot yeah yeah well janie thank you for the call Joni. i'm okay. sorry bye. yeah okay, bye. all right bye now thank you um, yeah, we had a we had a show recently um, where there were people 
were, that was making the connection between in Oregon between UFOs and Bigfoot. It was it was kind of fascinating. Um, I don't know what to think of it all. Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, I mean, you've got where people have purportedly seen like Bigfoot like creatures or humanoid like creatures, and then you also have the orb phenomenon going on there. When when you start to get into topics like Skinwalker Ranch, it's where a lot of this narrative of okay, here's the triangle UFOs, and here's the orbs, and here's the ghosts, and here's the Bigfoot. Excuse me, all of that kind of falls apart at Skinwalker Ranch. And yeah. it's almost like yeah. you can almost disprove all of it or prove all of it at Skinwalker Ranch. And so I, I do feel like that's an under underlying, you know, thing kind of bubbling up to the surface, challenging all of us. And there's, there's a lot of answers there. And I do think there's more overlap and why we separate ghosts from orbs is weird to me. You know, why we separate spirits from aliens is weird to me. Um, these are very overlapping yeah, but the, the one thing, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree with most of it, but the one thing about that where UFOs kind of separate from those other weird or unusual paranormal type things is that we have data. You know, we have data on, sure. we have not only um, film, you know, which is, there can be argued that not so great, um, you know, images or, or film maybe oh, not sure. as much as we do other things, you know, I mean, there are a couple of known ones that are really good. Of course, you know, when you look at this one here, that, that is pretty amazing. The film of the Baldwin UFO in Australia, very clear, a guy took in his gar garden. Um, mm -hmm. That that's a really sure, interesting yeah. one. You know, we have the Trent UFO. These are old pictures, of course, but mm -hmm. still um, we have radar data, and, you know, I mean, pictures like this sure. in 1951, you know, I mean, there's mm -hmm. much more than, you know, with with Bigfoot, we have the Patterson-Gimlin film. We have ghosts. I don't know what we have with ghosts, um, but... Uh, yeah, I guess it's more... It's a, to me, it's a lot of language, right? So, you know, cryptozoology versus, like, what is the difference between interdimensional and um, communicating with the spirit in the afterlife? To me, these are all impossible things, right? That could all be what's going on here, right? So yeah, I 100% agree. There's total difference between having radar evidence and a photo of something in the sky versus um, maybe even having like a, an electronic recording of some static interference, right? That suggests some kind of communication, right? But it is interesting to me when people theorize about the origin, you know, UFOs that all that we're really talking about, right, are aliens or ETs. And it's like, that seems we're making like a lot of assumptions, right? You know, we still have a lot to learn about how the conscious brain works and have thoughts, you know, may, maybe can transfer, you know, it, in the atmosphere more than, more than we realize, right? Like when it comes to the psychic phenomenon. So that's why I brought that up, right? So because when we're talking about cases like the Zimbabwe case where the children, you know, claim to have had these messages that were downloaded, you know, right. during the encounter, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's interesting that we're only allowed to talk about aliens. It's like, well, what about ghosts? What about spirits? What about crypto? What about, so there's, a, I don't think we really know the right questions yeah. to ask 
yet. So we've got to keep Bigfoot yeah. in, the, in the conversation. We've got to keep it all on the top, uh, top of mind, I guess. Yeah. I think you, how you just framed that was very well said about the question. We don't know what the question to ask. That's what makes it so fascinating. And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we may not even understand the answer which I think is also fascinating. So we only have a couple minutes left here. And I want you to, if you would, uh, tell people how they can, I think, I, be, I believe I have your your uh, link down in the show notes, but tell people. Oh, shoot. I don't know if that's me or you. Uh, I think Martin froze or I froze. Somebody froze. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's I definitely, think I know what you said. <laughs> it's, it's aliens. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So no, um, we only have, well, we only have two minutes left. So how can someone find you? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were kind enough to show like that whole YouTube video <laughs> during, yeah. during the stream. So I you know, appreciate that. Um, you know, UFO Jane on YouTube, you know, subscribing there, liking that content. If you're in Texas though, and you're really into those just documentary reports, Texas UFOs on Facebook or TexasUFOSightings.com. And on Twitter, that's where you'll get those just sometimes more boring reports, but if you're really, really trying to understand the phenomenon on a regular basis, and then YouTube, where we do the interviews and analysis of some of these other some sightings, sometimes um, we also do Weird Hollywood, where we're talking about the movie Predator on Thursday, actually, and, and actually tying it into real cases, right? Real things, you know, could the Predator, is that a feasible alien? Could, could, could we be hunted? By, for sport oh my gosh a little, little darker subject for thursday but um appreciate yeah. all the support and, and so appreciated being invited on the show i'm sorry i was late <laughs> no that uh, was my fault so so but that was totally my my thing and me being on the road and uh typing wrong numbers to you <laughs> but, uh, but anyway i appreciate it very much it's always a pleasure to talk to you this is a blast thank you martin thank you everybody in the chat all right take care all right. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, everyone. So back next week. I will not be back, but you can see uh, this show will premiere exactly at 6 p.m. as always, every Tuesday automatically. And will be up as a podcast as always um, later on that night. So thank you so much. And next week, by the way, I just to mention it again, is Kevin Randall and Albert Wayne. And I appreciate um all of my listeners and watchers on YouTube and we'll keep your eyes to the sky.